Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yo, what is up? It is your boy, Johnny Mags, back at you once again for another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am joined, as always, with... Dan Garcia. And I am back, so we're back together. The, the dynamic duo is there back. There you go. Yep, I like um, that. But uh, we're missing the third part of this uh, wheel. I guess he's big-timing us now, so whatever. <laughs> I think we know who we're talking about here. I don't have to say too many names, but uh, <laughs> but anyway. No, we're back. Uh, we're here at... Uh, Casa de uh, Johnny Mags uh, doing the podcast, and uh, it's good to be back. Last week, I obviously had a miss. Dan, you did a great job of filling in and, and running the ones and twos. Uh, great interview by, by uh, Dan with um, Todd Radom. Uh, just awesome. Uh, the feedback that we got was awesome. So um, it was just cool to hear the story behind the man who um, created the Angels logo, you know? Yeah, def- I mean, that was something that originally when i looked into possibly interviewing him that was something that i didn't realize until um i knew he was like a historian about about just baseball uniform logos in general and he worked on uniforms um but not till i actually started doing more and more research after we secured the interview that i realized like wait he worked on the 2002 uniform and when they you know when they changed yeah, over when to they those changed over. Uh-huh. so to me that was just an extra um extra cherry on top but it was not at all why i mean it, it, the main reason why i got him it just happened to work out perfect and it, and, and it worked out really well and he was awesome and yeah he, he did, the, yeah when we started talking about or at least you, you brought up the the possibility of interviewing him we were talking about how the influx of like throwback jerseys it was really just yeah just, that yeah that's why and we then, wanted and to interview him. i've heard him on a couple other podcasts yeah. and talk about it and i've seen his book and stuff like that so i figured hey if you reach out and he says he's able to do it it'd be awesome to talk about um, angels past uniforms and what goes kind of goes into it and and the fact that like i said that he did the 2002 uh you know rebrand and all that stuff that was um awesome yeah icing on the cake for sure so it was a great interview he seemed like a really cool guy and and it was just awesome it was a great listen i'm gonna definitely have to pick up his book that's something i i can definitely get into i actually looked yeah. for it on audible but it's not on audible because well, it, it's it's more yeah, of a visual because he talks about Ugly uniform, or not, right. uh, but just different uniforms. So you have a bunch of pictures in it. You also. have to look so at it's, it. It's only really only getting half the book if you if you if they did it on on an audible type of thing. Right. Yeah, it's definitely a book where you want to get it. You want to see the jersey that he's talking about because when he when he points out, oh, the way this color you know pattern went. If if you're this 
listening to it, you can't visually see it. It's going to be kind of hard, you know, yeah. to remember. Oh, that's right. They did have that little right. logo here kind of deal. Right. So, yeah. And that's something that's that to me is a book that you probably want to keep on your bookshelf anyway. Oh, yeah. And to if, go back and, and look if, at And stuff. especially, too, if you have, like, friends that are over that are also baseball fans, you kind of yeah. put it on your coffee table and say, hey, check this out. And yeah. kind of, it's one of those things you can flip through and maybe see something new every time that you didn't notice. Right. I got a bunch of baseball books down there. I don't know if you see them in my, in my book collection there. And there, there's sometimes where I do actually go over there and I read it. Just just as, that we're on the topic of baseball books, I had, there's a book that I have in my book show. It might, I think it's in there. If it's not in there, Dominic took it, um, my, uh, my right next, son. Right next to your Twilight. But, uh, yeah. But uh, it's a book called Dingers, and it's a book about the evolution of the home run. And it's it's a sh- it's a short little ESPN book. It's is it probably, by Big Al. Was it? it oh yeah, Big he hits dingers. Yeah. No, it doesn't have Big Al, but it's an awesome read. So I'm, I'm imagining Todd Radom's book kind of being something like that, where it's there's a lot right. of visuals, uh-huh. a exactly. lot of like anecdotes, yeah. a lot of little things here and there, little right. side side notes and stuff definitely about. Check it out. Winning Ugly that. is the name of the book. So definitely, Winning Ugly. Definitely, if you love uniforms, angels, or other teams, just I definitely suggest checking it out and yeah. ordering it on Amazon or. Barnes or at ToddRadom.com. Tom too, Ray, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. R-A-D-O-M, Todd yep. Radom. All right, so let's get into the weekend review. It's uh, not a great week, I guess. I mean, it started off bad. It's, it was even, but it started off really bad, and what can we expect? The Angels started a three-game three set that Friday, the 21st, right. against the Houston Astros. When you recorded the podcast on Thursday, they had played and got demolished. One of the worst games ever, and thank God I didn't watch it. Yeah, we can move on from that because I didn't have much to say about it on oh, last week either. That was uh, but what was it? The one, the one bright spot of it. You had the first guy ever to pitch, pitch catch, catch, and home run, and hit a home run in the same game. So there you go. So yeah, history. yeah, and then so Thursday there was history, and Friday, um, no, I wouldn't call it history, but something happened. But anyway, let's get into it. The Angels lost eleven to three. Andrew Heaney pitched three innings, gave up five hits, six earned runs, three walks, five Ks. You know, against the Astros, you know, they're a tough team. And and obviously, world, if any, world champions. But uh, Gurriel was the story of the game. He had a grand slam in the first yeah. inning and then a two-run home run in the third. And then he hit it in, like an RBI single later in the sixth. So he had like seven RBIs before the Angels got, you know, Anything before you going. look up at the scoreboard. It's crazy. Um, only bright spot in this game for the Angels was Mike Trout hit a two-run home run. But with the win... On Friday, that Friday, the Astros clinched the playoff berth that right. day. And so, you know, we all knew going into the season the Astros were the team to beat in the West. Um, they haven't quite won the West yet, but they're, they've are they clinched the playoff spot. Yeah, I mean, they haven't officially, but, I mean. It's about to happen. It's if, unless the A's, you know, and the A's, I believe, are coming to Anaheim. Yeah, last uh, three games. Uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah. Um, unless the Angels sweep. Um, I don't know. I don't think that will happen. But, um, but for the most part, yeah, I would say Houston is pretty good on uh, winning the, the 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 division. Yeah. So the uh, they pinch a, clinched the playoff spot on Friday. They're moving on to Saturday's game on the twenty second. Another tough one, and this one was weird. The, the score, if you look at it, it's ten to five. Astros winning. Yeah. But you look at it and you're like, man, that was a blowout. But no, uh, Berea pitched five innings, four hits, one and run. Uh, three walks, three strikeouts. Verlander, Verlander opposed them. It was one to one headed into the eighth inning when Trout hit a two-run home run to put the Angels ahead. But then the Astros freaking exploded for nine runs in that bottom half of the eighth, capped by like an error at second base. Yeah, it was one of those games where you look at it you're like, okay, cool. The game's kind of you know going to the eighth inning. You think, okay, they should be able to hold on to this because for the most part. Um, it was a 5-1 lead. Yeah, for the majority of the season, the bullpen's actually been really good. So you 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 
kind of figure, okay, they should be all right. And then, you know, they have had hiccups before, and this is another one. But like you said, nine runs in the bottom of the eighth, um, you know, it, it, it's, you turn on the, your phone or your or the game, you're like, wait, what happened? Because you're kind of already mm-hmm. tuned out to it. And But, um, yeah, but another home run by Trout uh, and a three RBI game, bright spot, kind of like you're saying, Jaime Berea also being a bright spot in it, and just his whole season's kind of been a bright spot. But, yeah, tough way to lose on the road in Houston. Yeah, Berea has been kind of like that J.C. Ramirez, Ramirez this year uh, where he was a guy who kind of was – that was you weren't looking at Berea to be a starter this season. You you probably looked at Berea and said, "This guy's going to be in Triple A all year." Uh, well, but kind of like a Parker Bridwell was last year. Parker Bridwell, exactly. Um, same thing. We can say the same thing for Felix Pena. These guys have kind of just yeah, gotten Pena, into the yeah. rotation and just Felix Pena is a JC and and uh, Berea was Berea was a Parker Bridwell. So it's like uh, same kind of. Um, slot, same kind of role, two different names. Yeah, and Berea just pitching great against the Astros. Just you know, no reason to extend his innings and his pitch count. Five innings r- right yeah, now. At there's this no point. point. Yeah, there's no same thing with uh, yeah, why like Shoemaker later in the week. Um, Kim coming back from injury. There's no point no, no in point. Uh, stretching him out extra long and and you know just kind of keep everyone healthy and ready for spring training when it comes back around. So moving on to Sunday's game on the 23rd, it was another loss. Angels get swept. Not much to talk about in this game. I mean, it was just kind of one of those games where they just – it was just kind of like a boring game, to be honest with you. Skaggs goes two and a third, five hits, four and runs, one walk. I mean – yeah, the only thing that, the only thing about it that was at the time would have been really newsworthy is um, Simmons going out for a ball. It looked like tweaking a knee or ankle, and then him coming out of the game. Mm-hmm. So, as Angel fans, you're kind of like, "Oh crap, here we go again," kind of deal. Um, you know, so he got taken out of the game. He didn't play Monday. Comes back Tuesday. So again, that wasn't a big deal. But yeah, the only real big thing coming out of that game would have been the Simmons injury if yeah. it was. Um, anything major and he missed anything more than you know a couple games but right. like we said he started uh tuesday and he played wednesday so obviously it looks like He's, everything's good seems fine yeah. uh so the angels get swept in houston they come home uh for the final six games of the year they started the series on monday against the rangers and it uh it broke the four the four game losing streak the angels had uh they won five to four Pena pitched seven innings, gave up five hits, three earned runs, one walk, six Ks. The the runs gave came on a home run, kind of a mistake pitch with with the Angels having the lead. Um, Texas tied it there, and then it was just you know, Otani had a long home run in the first inning. Yeah, that he was uh, first inning, it. first pitch. Just uh, for anyone that's you know used to Angel Stadium, the right field uh, out of town scoreboard. Well, it used to be out of town scoreboard. I don't think they put it there anymore, but. Um, it was halfway up those f- first set of seats. Yeah, like, almost at those second set of seats. It, it was. A, he was in it, Barry Bonds. Yeah, it was. A, it was ish. a moonshot. Yeah, it was yeah. definitely somewhere around that area. Definitely, it was. He a just great shot. Turned his hips and unloaded. Uh, the Angels had the lead in the ninth, but Texas tied it. Game went extra innings, and Briseño hit the walk off home run in the eleventh to give the Angels a win. Another kind of like side note. Mike Ormosillo hit his first major league home yeah, run. In this yeah, yeah, uh, you know it's great to get a walk off home run, especially in the, when you, as a team, have been struggling and um, are back home for the last time uh, this season, and uh, start off with a walk off home run in the in the eleventh inning is definitely something pretty cool for the fans that were there. Yeah, I can't imagine it hurt tons, but 
it, I mean, it was, hey. it's still it's still pretty cool to see something like that happen, regardless of the record or, or, or what part of the season. It's still pretty cool to be in the game. If you're there this late in the season with the team has is playing just to play out the season, if you're there and you're grinding out in the 11th inning with the team, then you deserve to watch a walk-off home run. On a Monday? Not, yeah. not even a, a Friday right. night, Saturday night? It's Monday. A, and how many people had to go to work the next day? Right. And it was good for Briseño. He legitimately looked happy. He was excited. Yeah. Um, it's always exciting to it's, walk off. Yeah, I'm sure when you get in those moments, the last thing in your mind was, well, we're still, you know, four games no, under 500. You're, yeah, you're, you're just trying to win the game. Exactly. And I'm sure something like that you'll remember. Um, especially for a guy like that where at the beginning of the year he wasn't even expected to be on the roster, the major league roster. Right. Um, so any, any kind of little perk like that I'm sure is, is is you know, a lot of fun. Yeah, he was definitely like the fourth catcher on our radar chart because it was uh, Maldonado Rivera and then Gratterall, Perez, then Perez. for so a little was, bit. Yeah. yeah, so Briseño was the guy that came over in that deal. I forgot what the deal was, but he came over and he's just kind of been a, a guy that's been – Decent. So let's move on to Tuesday, uh, the 25th. The Angels won again, two in a row. Angels win four to one. Shoemaker, as you, like you said, five innings, four hits, one earned run, no walks, seven strikeouts. The only run that Texas scored was on a long home run by Joey Gallo. That guy, if he gets a hold of it, man, he, I mean, he, he hit one last year where like 470 half, feet. like almost all the way past the batter's eye in, in, in center field, which, to me, I didn't even know it can go that far. But yeah, that dude. If if he gets a hold of it, he's he's definitely one. He either strikes out or hits a home run. Oh, there's not there's run. not a lot, a lot a lot in the middle. But yeah, he gets a hold of one, he can send it a far away. And the Angels scored all their runs in the sixth inning in the yep. fourth, uh, led by Shohei Otani's RBI. Um, Angels won four to one. Not much to talk about in this game, other than you know Shoemaker again. No need to extend his innings. No need to expend ex- extend his uh, pitch count. This late in the season, yeah, uh, he looks good. He looks. He does. I'm, Come, I'm, I'm happy to see coming him looking back. Good. Coming back from almost missing the whole year. Yeah. Um. You know, last uh, start he got roughed up a little bit, but you kind of expect Ups maybe. And downs. Yeah, you expect you know a couple of those when you come in from such a big layoff like that. But he got in there, like you said, uh, five innings, seventy three, uh, seventy three pitches. So again, no reason to really ramp him up and get him to that ninety, a hundred pitch count right now because there's absolutely no need for it and no. Um, no benefit really at this point for it either. Yeah, you want him to finish this season off strong, head into the off season strong with a little bit of momentum, knowing that he pitched, you know, in however many games, and then next year going into spring training, he'll be ready to rock and roll. And that's all you hope for. The last thing you need is for him to be pitching in a meaningless game in the eighth inning, and something happened to his elbow or yeah, or exactly. anything, you right. know. So. I'm, I'm I'm happy to see Matt Shoemaker, a guy who can be definitely next year a good four fifth starter in the rotation and give us a lot of innings. Definitely. Moving on to Wednesday, the Angels go for the sweep and they get it. Uh, another close game. Angels win three to two. Heaney pitched seven innings, seven hits, two and runs, one walk. He struck out ten yeah, batters. He looked really good. Yeah, really good. It was a low scoring game. Obviously, three to two is kind of like a back and forth type of deal where Texas took the lead, the Angels tied it. And then Texas took the lead back, and the Angels tied well, it. Oh, yeah, because uh, the only – I mean, the two runs that Haney gave up were both off a of solo home run. Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't necessarily like they were putting a lot of hits back to back to back. Mm-hmm. They um, – It was kind of like answering each other's – Right, exactly. Scoring. Uh, the Angels were down 2-1 to one when Ward hit a home run in the sixth to tie it 2-2. Two to two. 
and his at bat before he took one deep that almost and just went over. missed it. Yeah, yeah, just missed it. So then the game was tied at two when Otani hits his twenty second home run of the season in the bottom of the eighth. And that was a—I don't know if you saw the game, but that was a pretty crazy oh, yeah. home run where it almost—it literally hit the, the top, the very top of the wall. To a point where I think it was Gallo in left field. He, he, almost, he could have reached over and grabbed. He and just grabbed and just missed it. It, it, it would have been a, like a double. It still would have been a hit. Yeah, it, it would have still been a hit. But, wall, but but still the fact that it literally it didn't hit. You know uh, the top hit the very the very top. top like the flat part on the top and it just hit exactly down and because the spin pulled it over. It could have very easily been you know kicked the other way and fall into the the field of play. But yeah, um, a wall scraper nonetheless. Yeah. So the Angels sweep the Rangers to, you know, kind of go into the last three games of the season with a little bit of momentum, uh, hoping to kind of like, you know, at least get to 500 is what they're playing for, right? I mean, that's all they can really be playing for at yeah, this moment. Yeah, and, and that's, moment. I think, at the point, too, right now, they're going to have to sweep to um, get to that 500 mark, but still, um, every little bit helps, you know, whether it's 500 or maybe one or two games below um, as long as you go out there and, and compete, and you like to see some of the young guys get in maybe the last couple days of the season. Yeah, for sure. So the Angels from podcast to podcast finish 3-3. Three and three. Yep. Started off horrible against the uh, the Astros, as to be expected. <laughs> but they beat the team they were supposed to beat in the Rangers. Not convincingly, but, hey, a win's a win. And, exactly. and at this point, you know, you got guys out there who at the beginning of the season weren't even on the depth chart for the Angels playing games. And, you know, you had guys like Coward or Mosillo. Uh, yeah, those kind of guys. Guys yeah. playing, you know, Sherman Johnson, one of Chris's favorite. Uh, yeah, long time uh, minor leaguer um, in the Angels organization. Yeah. Finally getting called up. With Finally got cool. called up, so that's cool. But uh, anyway, three and three to, uh, from podcast to podcast. So that wraps up this segment of the show, our weekend review. We're going to move on to another segment of the show where we talk about the news. And uh, I mean, a lot of news coming, I guess. Uh, yes. Interesting news this right. uh, this year. Uh, I mean, this week. Obviously, I guess a top news would be officially Shohei Otani is going to have Tommy John surgery. Right. There's been kind of like back and forth where people are kind of like, oh, how is this going to work out? All indications point that he'll be ready to swing the bat at least by April, right? Yeah, early. Um, if everything goes again, if everything goes to plan, um, no setbacks, early April, he should be all right, early part of the season to come back DH, um, which – it's going to lead to a whole nother conversation the Angels are going to need to have with Albert Pujols, being that um, you've seen now what, what Otani can do with his 22 home runs, um, right in the mix of Rookie of the Year, from even missing a lot of time with injury and, and missing honestly, missing time because he's just pitching. So to have a bat like that in, in the everyday lineup will help the Angels complete, like tremendously. But now what do you do with Albert? Do you bench him? Do you have a conversation with him because I don't think he's going to be willing and I don't think he should be willing to give up that $87 million the Angels owe him. Um, that's kind of the Angels' fault for putting themselves in that situation. So if Albert's going to sit there and say, no, I want my money, well, then no one can blame him from that. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Angels are going to do if they're going to cut ties and say, "Here's here it is, we're going to pay you over the next you know X amount of years this total amount. Um but we need to move on, then that's one way to look at it. But it definitely um, is going to raise some questions when he is able to come back next year and be a, a, a DH. Yeah, I mean, with Otani pretty much being the DH next year, are we willing to give our pools the 600-plus at-bats at first base? Is he even capable of playing every day at first base? Now, he talked about, you know, 
right after he, he had his surgery about how he wanted to come back ready to play first base a lot next year. Right. I don't know if the Angels are willing to kind of chance it on him being the everyday first baseman. A couple of podcasts ago, we had a clip with ESPN where they talked about how the decline has been just really bad at this point. And it's not going to get better. It's I mean, not. It's, it's only getting worse. It's I only going to get worse. It's not going to get any better. Um, yeah, that's why I think it's going to be really interesting this offseason to see what they do with that. Um, the albatross. I mean, to be honest, call it what it oh, is. Yeah, it's yeah. a big hindrance to the team and and them being willing to go out there and spend extra money. So it's definitely going to be very interesting to see what the team's going to do in this offseason with that. Whether they cut them a big check and say, "Hey, just you know, it's not working out. Here yeah, you go." I, but I don't want. I, I, and I don't like people saying, "Well, he just should retire." Like, no. If I'm getting paid <laughs> no, yeah, eighty five no, no. or eighty seven million dollars, I mean, if people are going to. That's their fault for signing me. I'm not going to retire yeah. and to throw that away. Like, no, you're going to pay me something. Right. He, look, look. he, I mentioned in a couple podcasts ago, he earned the contract that he got from the Angels based on what he did in St. Louis. Right. Okay. The Angels gave him that much money. It's the Angels' fault. It's not Albert Pujols' fault. Right. If you were going to pay me, you know, double of what I make at my job for doing what I do now, I'm going to take it. Right, I'm not gonna not, and regardless of how you do that yeah, job, after, whether it's, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm the, I'm gonna do it. You're giving me that money. I'm not gonna not take it. Um, but at some point, yeah, I think the Angels really need to think about just cutting the law, just cutting the check, and say, you know what, dude, I know we owe you this much money, and but he's more of a liability in our lineup than anything. Like, right. like, there's no point. I know some people have mentioned, well, let's just keep him. I mean, we're paying, we're paying, and we might as well keep him. Yeah, but. He does nothing on the field for us that is, you know, that someone else can't do for about three to five million, and who isn't a liability on the base pass. And that's the thing too about if you keep him on the team and he doesn't play, now you're taking up a spot whether it's for somebody the, who can, yeah, whether it's a bullpen spot or whether it's a utility guy that can play multiple positions and and possibly, um, you know, uh, give guys day off, you know, play third base one day and then the next day give a second baseman day. So. Um, it's going to have to be one of those things where either they, they play him because they they, they have to because he's on the team or they're going to have to cut the check. There's not going to be, I don't think, any kind of in-between where um, we'll, we'll pay him and keep him, but he's going to be sitting on the bench for you know 80 games of the year. I don't think it's going to work that way. Right. Kevin uh, Kevin Giabarca, Gabarca, he said that Pujols is not capable of playing first base next season. No, I mean – he was doing a decent job defensively this year at first base. I mean, you know, you take what – I mean, there was some plays where he, you know, kind of the op- Albert Pujols came up. But for him to play 130-plus games because Shohei Otani's not going to – you're not going to take Otani out of the lineup. Right. Uh, there's just no way that can happen. I think, the, like you said, the Angels definitely need to consider having a sit-down conversation with Albert Pujols and saying, look, we're going to pay you out the rest of the contract or – we're just going to go ahead and release you. Right. You, yeah, they're going to have to make a decision with that one way or the other. I don't see them staying pat with what they're doing right now because it's just going to hurt the team too much. And you see what offensive production. I mean, if, if Otani had a full season or close to a full season uh, DHing, if he's had 22 home runs now, he'd be easy to be at around 35 home runs for a full season DHing. Right. Oh, for sure. Um, no doubt. He'd be right around 40 home runs right now. Uh Moving on to other news, I guess. Mike Sosha. We all know that his contract is up at the end of this season. Uh, what the Angels 
do with Mike Sosha is still kind of up in the air. Right now, from what we've read in the press and in the news, is that Sosha wants to continue to manage uh, next season. Now, whether that's with the Angels or not, that's the Angels' decision to make. What do you think about those comments by Mike Sosha, Daniel? Yeah, so just people that maybe haven't heard the comments or anything like that, he was on the pregame show with Terry Smith, uh, I believe on the 24th, and Terry asked him, do you still enjoy managing? And, and Sosha said, I, I love managing. It's something I and uh, something it's something I thoroughly enjoy. And then Terry asked him, do you do you want to continue managing? And Sosha said, I I like to. If you love something, you want to continue to keep on doing it. So it doesn't look like Sosha's in any rush to hang him up in general. Um, you know, whether that's with a different team next year, that's going to be a whole different issue. Uh, I I feel he's going to be with another team next year if he's not back with the Angels next year. Um, I don't think he's going to be with the Angels next year. With everything you're hearing and seeing now, I don't believe it. I think he will find his way, though, on a uh, major league uh, bench somewhere next year, and you see a lot of turnover now with a lot of the managers being, um, you know, released or fired. Now you have the guy in Toronto is gone. The Texas Ranger manager was fired, was fired. Uh, fired last week, I believe. So you're now you're gonna now you have Buck Showalter, Buck Showalter. And probably gonna be gone in Baltimore. Um, you're probably gonna see another maybe two or three managers get the boot. So um, I can see him managing definitely next year somewhere in Major League Baseball. Whether or not that's with the Angels, I don't think it is, but I do see him somewhere next year. Absolutely. I mean, Mike Sosa, whether or not you guys like him or not, um, was the best manager the Angels have ever had. Yeah. And so we won't take that away from him, but I think at some point, you know, the message there has to be a new like aura in the clubhouse, and I think the Mike Sosa era kind of just ran its course. I mean, almost twenty years as the Angels manager. It's insane. So keeping on that subject, you know, Angels promoted Eric Chavez uh, a couple about a month and a half ago from being a special assistant to uh, being the manager of the AAA Salt Lake Beast for the last month of the season. Reports have him being the front runner for manager yeah. of the Angels next season. What do you think of that? Yeah, USA Today's Bob Nightingale reported that uh, former big leaguer Eric Chavez is right now the front runner or favorite for the angel position. If Sosha does not stay um, with the angels next year, um, kind of like you were saying, he was not sent down, but I guess you could say sent this to me. When you say sent down to me, it feels like he got like demoted, like, like a player. Well, I feel but, like he got promoted. Well, I'm saying though, it's weird that he got sent down to triple a, but it's a promotion. You yeah. know what I mean? Cause yeah, with yeah, a yeah. player, you're always saying, Oh, he got sent down triple a, right. kind of like a demotion, but yeah, right. um, he got promoted to triple a, uh, manager, I guess you want to say, at the end of their season, um, was a special assistant to the GM, I believe, coming in coming into this year. Um, so um, Chavez has that Billy Epter connection when, oh, with the Yankees and stuff like that. So um, definitely someone that is younger, which you see a lot of managers doing that. Uh, I believe you probably need something like that. Um, former player. Former player. Um, and I also think in today's day and age with baseball and just kind of maybe sports in general is not necessarily so much about X's and O's. It's more about how you relate to players and how you're able to connect with players. Cause and a feel um, for the game today too. I right. Um, I don't know if, I don't know if, if you can get like an older person to, to get into a new team right. and manage, you know, the way that they used to, um, you know, like I said, it's all about, 
person. It's all about connections with your players. Before the the players just did whatever the manager was telling them to do. If he said still, still. Now it's so much more where the players are more conscious about their numbers and how what they do is going to affect their maybe their next contract yeah. or um, endorsements. Where maybe ten, fifteen years ago that wasn't the big deal, but now a lot more players are are dealing with that. And and if you can get these guys to play for you. And like you know, run through a wall for you. Um, that's that does a lot, and you see that with a lot of different players where they are places where they're getting younger managers in, and and they're having great success doing it. Right. Um, there's a couple questions here to answer Tom's question. It says can't really hear Dan now. Um, it's because I have the phone that I'm recording the live Facebook live on. The microphone is down on the table, so that's why you couldn't hear him. But if you listen to the podcast, he's coming through very clearly. Uh, Kevin Kevin Nabarca said, "I want to Dino Ebo, but it's uh, Chavez. If it's Chavez, it's cool." I think when people talk about Dino Ebo, I don't think he's gonna get a shot at the Angels. Maybe they'll look at him, but I feel like Dino Ebo is a part of the Mike Social regime. Right. And he's really old school. And I think the Angels, if they're going to make a change, need to make a change away a whole, from that. A wholesale change. And you got to remember that the staff that's on there now is handpicked by Mike Sosha. Right. So Sosha's, if you get a new manager, you're probably almost going to get a good change in the base coaches and every all around. I mean, it's pretty much going to be a change unless – it's a guy like Eric Chavez who's in the system who maybe wants to keep a Josh Paul around. Or Nagy. I think, I think Paul you know. and Nagy might not be a bad, you know, to keep him at least around for another year. Um, you know, Nagy's still fairly new to the Angels. Um, Paul has done pretty well this year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I see changes. I don't know if I see wholesale changes, but um, Dino could be up for another managerial spot somewhere else. Like we said, there's going to be a lot of openings. So, uh, I'm sure he'll put his his hand in the ring, hat in the ring, and he should he should definitely deserve some kind of interviews with, if not with the Angels, with definitely other teams, for as long as he's been around the game. So um, again, it'll be one of those things to look out for the off season and um, where it's going to go from from now on. Uh, Robert on Instagram on our Instagram live said, "Will will that be good for us for the next season?" Um, he's tired of losing. Obviously, I you know what? Here's the deal with with the Angels season. Um, I don't. It, I don't think that the Angels were a perennial like threat for a World Championship or a Western Division Championship uh, in these last couple of seasons. Did I expect them to maybe make a wild, a wild card berth? Yeah, um, but the Angels are exactly what kind of we expected them to be a like five hundred ball club. Right. So I think any change ha- change I mean, has to happen eventually. It, it, yeah, and you kind of look at the yeah. last two years. Like, for example, this year, the A's coming out of nowhere are now um, a 90-something win team making to the wild card. Um, last year, you had that story with the Twins. So, it, it, baseball is random. Like, you can you can plan for the best, but a lot of times it's those times you don't where um, you catch fire and then maybe the injury bug doesn't hit as hard as you know, the Angels have gone through the last couple of years. Um, well, tell me about it. Yeah, so maybe if next year – they don't suffer a huge injury. Maybe it's like one of those things that, okay, maybe it's a two-week injury here, or maybe it's a week injury here, a month injury here. Yeah. You can survive that. Um, the injuries where it's, okay, you're out for the year. Okay, you're out for, you know, three-fourths of the year. Okay, you're out uh, for two years. You know, those kind of stuff you can't bounce back from. But it's all going to come to staying healthy and just be, baseball being baseball. You're going to need a couple bounces. You're going to need a couple um, things to go your way, not only for your team, but probably go wrong for some other teams that are, are competing in the same kind of general area. Um, not every team can be the Bostons and the 
and the New Yorks where they're competitive every single year. Um, you're going to need years where you're going to have to kind of not rebuild, but um, maybe you have Just bad luck. Be yeah. in the middle of the pack, and that's where the Angels are right now. So to answer your question about getting a new manager being good for us next season – it's 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 one of those deals where you just have to wait to see what happens. Like I said, change is inevitable. It's going to happen. Sosha, at some point, is going to have to leave the Angels, whether it's <laughs> at the end of this season or two years down the line. He's going to have to leave eventually. So we're going to have to find out the hard way or the good way right. what's going to come from having gonna, a new manager. It's going to be real easy, too, for people to be like, well – the Angels are horrible. They're never going to win. Trout's never going to want to resign. Well, then, you know, you don't watch that much baseball or, or you have a very short memory because, like like I was saying, these teams go up and down all year. Everything that the, the Nationals were supposed to do this year with their starting pitching and, and Harper and their offense, um, they're not making the playoff either. Um, the A's, again, in the playoffs. The Seattle was in the mix all the way up until, you know, maybe – a week and a half ago, yeah. Um, there's a bunch of teams every year that pop up that maybe you weren't supp- that you weren't they weren't supposed to and are general generally surprisingly um, there. So, um, yeah, Angels year they're always kind of a year away. Angels are always because they're not rebuilding completely like a White Sox or like probably Texas is going to be next yeah. year. Since they're not going to be a complete blow up job. Um, they're always going to be in the mix. You just need a couple of things to go right. But those things are out of the control of the players. Those things are out of control of the managers. Those things are just out of control of of people in general. This is kind of how the the ball bounces a lot of times. Islander JD75 on Instagram Live said, Pitching wins ball games, not the managers. Uh, okay, I, <laughs> let me answer you that question for you. Um, I agree to to a certain degree, but it takes a manager to pencil in a lineup every day. It's a manager whose job it is to you know instill a vision for the team um to instill a kind of like a, like i said an aura to the team um there's a style of gameplay that you need to play at some point it's a manager's decision whether he pulls a guy out in the sixth or seventh inning it's a manager's decision whether or not to put in a guy here or there so at some point the manager is important it's not Let's not. It's not as important totally as it was. It. It's not as important as it was fifteen years. No, ago, let's put it that way. No, but it's not. It's not solely. You can't solely base it on just a pitcher's pitching well and winning games. There's a lot of here and there. Pitching is super important. It's probably the most important thing on a baseball team. Yes, but let's not forget that. You know, you still need the offense to click. You still need. Uh, to make the, make the right decisions in the lineup, you have to make the right decisions. So it, you need somebody who's capable of, like what we talked about, uh, adapting to the new style of gameplay. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I mean, think Sosha's really old school. Yeah, and, you don't see stolen bases anymore. You don't see sack bunts. You don't see any of that kind of stuff. It's it it is a true outcome type of game where either you know one of three things is happening: either someone's hitting a home run, someone's walking, or someone's um, striking out. There's yeah. not a lot of strategy behind that. Um, the manager is more about kind of filling filling out the team and about okay who should be um, in spot. a lineup at yeah. what spot. Because um, at the end of the day, it, you know, there's a saying and, and coming from a coaching background, you know, even though it might be football, but um, sometimes it's not about the X's and O's; it's about the Billy and the Joes. Yeah. Um, it's so, about the feel too, right? Like, feel for the game. You can't just. 100% base it on I'm going to go with this guy because he saved the last three games no if you have a feeling that the guy on the mound right now is 
you know what? He can go another two more batters. I'm going to keep him in there. It's a feel thing, you know? And I think that's what kind of got away from Sosha. Um, to answer the last, one of the last questions here before we head into our next segment, commercial break. It's from Halo Jeff, a loyal listener. What do you guys envision our infield looking like for opening day? Did Fletcher earn his keep with what you saw from him this season as he's being promoted? I honestly don't see David Fletcher being a starter. A starter. I, could, I can see him on the squad. I can't yeah, see him as a starter. I don't see him as a starter on a team who's trying to contend for a Western division or anything. I'm sorry. I think he's a gritty little utility guy. Hater. But if he's but if he's your starter, I don't think you're a very good team. And I hate to say that. But I think that he's a solid uh guy to have on your bench, kind of be a Cliff Pennington type. No, guy. yeah, he could definitely give you a spark off the bench. He could definitely give a guy kinda like we were talking about earlier with the whole Pujols thing where he Pujols can't be a guy that just sits on the end of your bench, because um, he'll take a spot from a guy like Fletcher where he could um play Three positions and three different days, giving three different guys days off. Yeah, um, very very useful. But you got to remember, you're going to have uh, Cozart come back next year. You got to figure out what you're going to do with, with Ward. You got to figure out if That's they're going to um, pick up in free agency. Um, you know, and all this stuff will be answered as the season goes. But I mean, if you're saying with what the Angels have on their roster now, not making any kind of it's, moves, yeah, I, I find it kind of hard. It's really hard. I don't see. I see him on the roster. I don't see him in the lineup. I don't see day. him in the, as far as the infield. Cozart's either going to be a second base or third base. Right. It's it, it's going to depend on who they pick up to play what other other position. Um, so it's hard to kind of pinpoint the the the, the infield right now because we don't know what's going to happen with first base. We don't know what's going to happen with second or third base shortstops lockdown. Um, and then, so a lot of guys are, a lot of people on Instagram live are asking questions that will be answered guys on our end of the, um, season next week. Yeah. Our end of the season podcast. We drop a podcast every Thursday, but we're going to do it on Friday, right? Yeah. Friday. Cause, uh, we both have the day off, so we yeah. can definitely get together so on Friday. We're going to drop the podcast on Friday. That that's what we're going to talk about. Kind of the end of the year, uh, extravaganza yeah we're gonna we're gonna have our, our awards uh that we're gonna give to our you know our, our awards that we do every year but we'll also talk about you know um how the season ended and what we envision going into the off season you know yeah we'll, have, we'll talk so, about free agency who's 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 possibly gonna be leaving the angels because they're up who's um maybe they could be targeting because by then too you have a better idea about guys being maybe opting in opting out on other yeah. teams and stuff like that we'll but. talk about that um so, uh robert said what time our podcast is every thursday uh right around eight o'clock usually next week will be friday yeah next but, week friday we're aiming around three thirty, yeah. four o'clock just. but we don't really have a time where we actually set it to do it the, the just bet, look for our just subscribe yes. to us on itunes and or if, google play and if you want to get in it on like what we're doing right now with the instagram live post follow us on instagram yeah we'll post when we're doing the podcast we'll post a hey, we're doing it at you know Four o'clock today, be there or something like that. So definitely, if you don't um, subscribe or follow us on Instagram or on Twitter, it's Halo underscore Haven for anyone out there. Make sure you do, it, and that's the best yeah. way to figure out when we're we're doing this. Halo underscore Haven, and then uh, follow us on iTunes, Google Play. That's where our podcast drops every week. You'll get notified um, when we drop a podcast. We're the only weekly Angels podcast where we do weeks and review weeks. Week in reviews, we go news, notes, we have segments, we have interviews. We've had a ton of interviews this year with a lot of players, Shoemaker, Tropiano, uh, Joe Adele, the Angels' number one top prospect, 
uh, list goes on and on. Jemai Jones, uh, Jason, or uh, Brandon Mars. So uh, follow us on um, iTunes or Google Play, or if you don't have either and you have a computer, www.spreaker.com, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R, spreaker.com, look up All Angels Podcast. So that's going to wrap it up for that segment of our show, uh, the news and notes. We're going to take a quick commercial break so you can hear a word from our sponsors. And on the other side of the break, we'll get into our weekly poll question and the emails for, that you can send us at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. We'll catch you guys on the other side of the break. Hey, hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. Hook Vicious. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. I'm Tory Hunter Jr., and you're listening to the All Angels Podcast. And we are back. Quick thank you to our sponsors who provide us with the audio equipment and, and stuff that we need to do this podcast. Uh, www.groomedgoon.com and www.epicradiotv.com and the Alley Cat SoCal on Instagram. That's the Alley Cat SoCal on Instagram. Go check them out. We're going to go ahead and continue our show with our uh, weekly poll question. Daniel, take it away. Yeah, so every day or every week this season or even our off-season pods, we try to uh, put a poll question out there for the fans at our Twitter account at Halo underscore Haven. Um, they generally get put out every monday morning monday afternoon so this week's poll uh poll question was you know fairly simple um for because the angels are out of the playoffs again are you going to still watch the playoffs coming up next week and um i guess not really surprising because hopefully everyone out there are true baseball fans and just like watching baseball in general but 94 percent of the people said yes six percent said no i will be watching um, October baseball. I think that's something that is awesome to watch, regardless of if you're if you're fan or if you're a fan of a team in it or not. It's, but you know, I think it's just awesome to watch you, in general. You have to. I mean, if you are a baseball fan, if you're watching the Angels, if you're listening to this podcast, it means you're a baseball fan because you know, obviously, the Angels aren't having such a great season, and you're following the team, and you follow the team enough to listen to our podcast. You got to be a baseball fan, and you know. Last year's World Series was, although it was the Dodgers and not many Angels fans like the Dodgers, it was a great series. Well, I mean, it, it went, it, oh, it, man. Even, even the one before that, the Cubs and, and uh, Cleveland this year before yeah, that. They, oh, always, man. What a, there's always something that's really, really great about October baseball. It's uh, like something different. Absolutely. And and myself, and I'll, I'll quickly get into this little, quick little story. Uh, my dad's a Yankee fan. So 
I always rooted for the Yankees whenever the Angels weren't in the playoffs. I mean, the Angels weren't in the playoffs practically my whole life. You know what I mean? So every year it was uh, watching the Yankees and watching the Yankees play the Red Sox and watching the Yankees in the postseason. And even before that, I remember watching the Braves in the early 90s when I was a kid in the playoffs and kind of like cheering on different teams. And it's you don't have to be a fan, but you can cheer on a team. You can say, you know what, I'm going to cheer on this team because I feel like, hey, they're an up-and-coming team. Let's go for them or whatever. Not necessarily you being a fan of theirs. is you just cheering it on watching good baseball. So right. obviously my answer is yes, I'll be watching October baseball like I have been my entire life. Yeah, I mean, it's always fun. Yeah, you want you would want your team in it. But to me, it's well, okay, I don't have a, I don't have a team in it. So, you know, if there's a really – heartbreaking walk-off loss. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it where if the angels were in it um, and they lose in the, you know, bottom of the ninth and get eliminated, then yeah, I might not be able to sleep good for that whole week. Yeah. But you know, it's always fun to watch. It's always um, great to see guys that maybe you don't, you don't get to see normally um, because maybe they're an East coast team or, you know, they're in the, they're in the NL um, or even the Dodgers because right. we can't watch. I mean, if you don't have Spectrum, you can't watch the Dodgers. So to watch the Dodgers, you know, in the playoffs, yeah. and it's like, oh, they have that player. Oh, you know, because you know, I could care less. Unless they miss the playoffs and completely, yeah, then we then were, no one's gonna be able to watch them. We were talking about that. The Dodgers can, can pretty much be out of the playoffs if, if you know the ball doesn't bounce in the right way. For exactly, and the and the Rockies continue to crush it. Yeah. So. Cool. Well, that that wraps up the poll question. Again, like Daniel said, every Monday he tries to post it on our Twitter, and then we get notification. You know, we make sure that notify you guys on Instagram too. That hey, go to Twitter and, and check out the poll question. All right, so we're gonna head into our final segment of the show with no curators chronicles this week because the curator big times us. <clears throat> uh, anyway, now nah. uh, the first question comes from a new emailer. Now, I don't know if he's a new listener, but definitely a new emailer. And we touched about this on, uh, you know, off the mic before the show. It's from uh, Ken Thompson, and he says, "Would you guys be open to trading some top prospects slash major leaguers for Degrom? If so, how many and who? I would trade the Mets whatever they want. I see Trout, Otani, and Simbas are only untouchables. You know, in order to trade for Degrom, you're gonna have to give up prospects because the Angels have nobody on their main roster that the Mets would want." Yeah, obviously Otani, but that's not going to happen. You're not going to trade away Trout for a, for a Otani. You're not going to trade Simba because he's a he's a captain of the infield. So when you look at what the Angels can give up, we talked about this off mic. It'd have to be a prospect. And when you look at the prospects, you're going to have to say who's untouchable. And to me, Joe Adele is untouchable. That's a guy who you do not trade, no matter who it is, unless you're getting a Mike Trout type player. You're not going to trade Joe Adele. So that leaves the door open for a Jordan Adams, Jamai Jones, Brandon Marsh, maybe a Matt Dice, somebody like that. Um, who I'm willing to give up? I don't know. I mean, it depends on who they ask for, I guess, right? Yeah, I mean, when this got brought up, and for people that don't know, he's um, Degrom's having a, I mean, a historic year. Um, I mean, he has a one seven ERA, one point seven ERA, uh, two hundred sixty nine strikeouts. Um, that's averaging out to eleven point two strikeouts per nine innings. I mean, this guy is more than likely going to win the Cy Young and the NL with mm-hmm. ten wins. I mean, that just kind of shows well, he's on, how and on a team. That just, but as I'm saying, that kind of shows how yeah, he's dominant, he is, yeah. how dominant he's been, and how crappy his team has been. <laughs> yeah. But he's a thirty year old pitcher. Um, you know, the good news is that. He would be under control until 2021, which 
it's, it's good news in the fact where if you're able to somehow secure them, you would have them for a while. But in a bad way, it means that the uh, Mets could, you know, really ramp up their asking price for a pitcher like this because, um, you know, you heard a little bit of buzz uh, close to the trading deadline about them possibly moving them. Um, the Yankees were a team where it was a possible they could go, but um, for all reports, they didn't put names out there what they wanted, but the Yankees just said their asking price was, was way, way too much. Um, the Mets might not, might now be in a situation, especially if he wins the Cy Young, where this is going to be the best case to, to sell them and get prospects back. Um, but it's going to be super high. Um, kind of like you were saying, the Joe Adele, I say it's untouchable just because you need some insurance just in case um, Trout does not resign. You're going to need a, an outfielder to plug in and um, obviously not be at the, the level of Trout, but be able to make that transition a lot smoother than if you just try to pick a random dude in free agency the year he leaves. Right. Um, but, yeah, like a Brandon Marsh, Jemiah Jones, um, you know, you don't want to throw – I mean, you want to throw Griffin Canning in there because maybe they want a pitcher to replace the pitcher and he's a young guy on the way up. Um, maybe a Jaime Barea, something like that. I mean, it's 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 going to be tricky. It's going to be interesting to see if he does get moved. But, yeah, he's going to be asking for a steep, steep price. Um, after the the 2021 season yes i'm well i'm just saying just if, if, if yeah the mets, asking, up, mets yeah. asking for a big price and they're yeah. going to want young players also because they're kind of going into that rebuilding stage right um it would be awesome to get them i don't think the angels are willing to do I that don't think be- so either just because he's had a great year this year but are you saying that he's going to be able to get anything close to that for the next couple of years and i'm always kind of worried about anyone getting around that 30 to 31 year old yeah, kind and- of um age or spot in their in, in their career just because after that everything is so uncertain yeah you can have a the the next you know uh, verlander the next um doc uh, holiday you, you know like but yeah. the the reality is that it's maybe not not a guarantee that's that's going to well, happen are, are so. you willing to give up a griffin canning who can possibly be that guy for a guy who's going to maybe help you for the next two years because you know picking up Degrom. It's definitely going to fill the void of that ace, so that's a quick, that's a fix, right? For but for the next two three seasons, yes, barring any injury, you know. He, and so. do you want into his case into his, you know, the uh, Groms? He's been very healthy all through his career. He's never missed any major amount of time. Um, but again, the asking price, if it's going to be super steep, and you're talking about four or five, yeah, then top I, I'd pros- back off. Then I'd back off. They're asking for. You know, maybe a Jaime Berea and then... Two prospects. You know, a, a Jemayan and a Brandon. Okay, yeah, I, I can yeah, see I that. Yeah. But if they're asking for, like, five dudes and they're all within the Angels' top 15 prospect-wise, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think you I don't think you can make that trade. And, and honestly, the way Epler's been running the show and the he way... He doesn't seem like the type that's going to do it. Yeah. I don't think he'll do it. So yeah. maybe maybe two prospects and a, maybe, and if, and a and major you know league what? ready guy. And if they yeah, feel but. comfortable and, and, you know, this year is pretty much mm. over and... and Haney and Skaggs haven't had the best season, but you got to remember these are both their first season coming off of major injuries. So you're expecting more improvement next year. You have Jaime Brea that's hopefully going to take the next step next year. You have a Griffin Cannon coming up. So if they feel confident in what they have in their minor league system and in the in the major league level, um, I think you'd be okay. I think they'll be okay, especially if Otani does come back in the 2020 season as a pitcher. He can be that frontline guy. I think this year, I think the Angels need to focus on picking up a quality veteran guy who has been a uh, 
who at some point in his career was one of the top, not a, a Cy Young, but a top pitcher. Like, I, and I've said it before. I wouldn't mind him picking up Sonny Gray. Two. Yeah. Sonny Gray Sonny because Gray. he's going to be cheap. Yeah. He, 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 one year, six million. Yeah. He's going to, he's going to be a guy that the, the Yankees are probably not going to have on their major league roster. So they're going to get yeah. rid of him. They're going to get him, you know, fairly cheap. Yeah. Um, so someone like that, that exactly. maybe is down now, but you can, has a high ceiling. Right. Um, that can possibly we'll and I think too a lot of the angels I think a lot of people are looking for the big splash yeah, I don't see that happening but not only that I think they might need more of a depth I think you yeah. you saw a yeah. lot of the issues angels were having this year was a lack of depth because when their top guys went down or struggling they didn't have a guy underneath them that could that was a small step down it was a huge step yeah, it down was, so. it was it was a guy who probably had never pitched more than 30 innings in a season right. um, like you know Pena who is you know, but uh, there was a lot of guys at this offseason the Angels decided not to go after that I would think would have helped the Angels. A guy like like a Sonny Gray type, a Giovanni Gallardo type, a Jaime Garcia type, a Lance Lynn type, who maybe they didn't have the best seasons this year, but they didn't have injuries and they they gave the team innings, you know, right. stuff like that. So I think the Angels are going to look for that veteran type guy who is a name who can give you innings and kind of win you some games here and there. Right. Uh, moving on to the next question. A good question, though. Really good question. Yeah, it was. Uh, moving on to the next question. This comes from Duncan Healy, Dead Horse Alaska. Hey there, fellas. And we answered this earlier in the show, but I'll give you the shout out. He said, great interview with Todd Radom. So we're we're hearing that Social wants to manage again next season. Is it safe to say he won't be with the Angels, or is that a possibility? I think it is a possibility that he might come back and they sign him to another two-year deal. But honestly, um, I think they're going in Yeah, I think direction. they're going a different direction. I think they'll get a younger coach, whether that's Chavez or not. I think they go a little bit younger, maybe give him a three-year, four-year deal. Maybe th- three-year with a fourth-year option kind of thing yeah. you're looking at to see yeah. if it's going in the right direction. But, right. Um, yeah, if I had put money on it, I would say Socha's out and of think- the Angels, but <laughs> does play or does manage uh, somewhere else next year. And I think the Angels still want to kind of bite their time still. There's plenty of time. They don't have to get a guy right away after the season ends. There's a lot of talk. I don't know if you've been hearing this, Daniel, about how the Dodgers, they may get rid of Dave Roberts. Yeah, especially if they don't make the playoffs this year. And yeah, if, they seem uh, unhappy. And with, if they get rid of him, why not? You know what I mean? So the Angels don't necessarily have to be quick with pulling the trigger on signing a manager right away. You kind of see where the offseason or the postseason kind of uh, takes us, and they'll go from there. Next email comes from Lamar Washington, another loyal listener. What's good, fellas? What an awesome interview with that Radom guy. Interesting to get to get the story behind the logos from the man who created it. Yeah, man. Um, I got to say that the Angels' current logo is classy, simple, yet effective, and very bold, if that makes sense. I personally like the big A with the fatter halo used in the late 80s, early 90s. Winged Angels logo, not a fan. Hated in capital. Hated it. Periwinkle, really? Did so, you did you send this one in? Man, the wrong. You used his name instead of uh, yours. <laughs> uh, Lamar agrees one hundred percent with me, and I'm not the only guy. I mean, even no. Todd Rada mentioned it. No, and I, and I said too on it was it's very polarizing because you will hear people that like it. Yeah, I thought some, it was, but it's very it's very. Um, it's either all in or nothing. Like people either love it or hate right. it. There's not like, oh yeah, it's okay. But it's either like, oh, that was really cool and different, blah blah. Or it's like, what? What the hell I, were they thinking? I wouldn't have minded it so much if it wasn't for the periwinkle. But what really put it over the top was the fact that there was no halo. 
They went away right. from the halo. Right. The angels' nickname is the, is halo. the halos, right. and they went away from it. No, you're right. You know, 100% went away from it. You got to remember, when the angels started, they had a halo on top of the hat, mm-hmm. you know, and from, from that moment, from the conception of the angels, there was a halo on the hat somewhere, whether it was on the top of the hat or was, whether it was, you know, in the, on top of the A or it was there. And all of a sudden it was gone. And then we had periwinkle and the red was gone. You know, and we had navy blue periwinkle and pinstripes, you know. So it was it was something that I just, yeah, man, it was crazy. Got you the wrong way. Right. So, Lamar, yeah, the Radom interview was awesome. Uh, last email comes from Lauren Connie. She says, hi, guys. Where's the curator? He's big timing us. That's where he is. Anyway, love the interview. Busy, busy, busy. <laughs> love the interview last week. Couldn't hear the voice of the mastermind behind our Angels logo. Yeah, pretty cool, huh? I remember 2002 when the Angels announced and revealed the new logo. The new red. I think she meant red logo. I was a part of the 300 or 400 some odd people who showed up to the Big A to help paint the Big A red. I was there, too. Uh, she says, let's see, uh, to paint the Big A red. Garrett Anderson and Tori Gloss were there in full uniform painting along with us. There was a picture out there, too. I just don't remember who. Anyway, keep up the great work. That picture was Scott Schoenweiss. Uh, he was out there, too. I was there. I'm going to uh, say you know because you were there. Yeah, I was there. Uh, they had like uh, they had like a platform out in front of the hats where like the guys modeled the new uniforms. And they came out and the they Tom showed. Tom Radom uniforms. Yeah. They showed the, um, the, the home. Then they showed the road. And then they showed the alternate home, which you remember. I don't know if you remember. It was a short sleeve, and they wore a red the shirt. Vest, like yeah, the it was vest. a vest. Yeah, I mean that was a big thing <laughs> I, back then. A lot of teams had those vests. I didn't really like that one. No, I didn't like that either. Like the yeah, it's like if you're gonna get a jersey, well, a full jersey, don't yeah. be cheap and cut those sleeves. Yeah, and uh, after the, and you then, see a lot of drunk dudes though at the stadium wearing just the vest part without the sleeves. Yeah, yeah, out, yeah, guns yeah, yeah. Out. Uh, mostly out of the bleachers. Yes, but uh, no, and then they were out in front of the hats, and then they revealed the hats to be red. You know, they changed the logo. They were, I don't know if you guys remember the big hats on front were blue with the stupid wing, the A on right, there. Right, with the, yeah, now they're the new era. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, after that, they released balloons, all red balloons, and then we all went out to the parking lot over there off of uh, Orangewood, <coughs> and um, they gave us paintbrushes, and we painted the big A red as far as we can get up, you know. They, but uh, it was pretty cool, <laughs> and I was there. And it's cool to, to think that, uh, you know, we listened to an interview with the guy who who created that logo. You know, the A. Yeah, definitely uh, check it out if you guys didn't so. listen to last week's pod. Uh, Todd Radom is definitely a guy that knows his stuff when it comes to uh, logos and any kind of uh, jerseys and everything like that. Like we talked at the beginning of the podcast. Check it out. Yeah. Okay, so that's gonna wrap it up really quick. Next week's show, we're gonna record it on Friday. And this is going to be our kind of the end of the year show. Where we'll talk about the season in general and whatever. But we're going to have our awards and uh, yeah. our awards, <laughs> our awards. Thank you, thank you. Yes, second thank you annual, second annual APA Awards, the All Angels Podcast Awards, the APAs. And this year's APAs, obviously the same as last year. Team MVP, right? Uh, pitcher of the year. Rookie of the year and newcomer of the year. And newcomer necessarily doesn't have to be rookie. It means a person new that, person could, to that could have been on a team last year. It could have been someone they picked up in, towards the beginning of the year and maybe had a better year than they thought. Um, you know, a guy got brought up like another kind of, well, not a rookie because he's in the system, but yeah, mostly a guy that got signed in the offseason that got brought over and um, performed really, really well. 
Yeah, so we're going to go ahead and and um, reveal our winners. And if you guys want to go ahead and send us your winners, yes. email us at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Send us your winners. Who do you think deserves it? MVP, pitcher, rookie, and newcomer. Or if you have any questions, comments, or concerns to the show, again, that's allangelspodcast at gmail.com. You got anything else, Daniel? No, that's it. Remember to um, follow us on Instagram and on Twitter, Halo underscore Haven. Um, and also, just a, just a little side note, too. Next week will be our last weekly pod. And then once it's, once the offseason starts, we'll go monthly. So, um, you know, we'll do next week. And then the week, and then after one after that will be in November, December, January, February, and then uh, March. end of March. And when the season starts up again and spring training starts, and that's when we'll start go weekly again. So next week will be our last um, weekly uh, pod. But again, always send in questions um, when uh, when you have one, you know, mm-hmm. comment or anything like that, and we'll make sure we run through them when we do meet up. And always pay attention to our Instagram and Twitter because we'll post when our next. Uh, podcast will be in the off season i was just about to say that too i remember last year when things happened we jumped on instagram yeah we live. jumped on instagram live when the so, otani signing happened yeah. the upton resign happened so yeah if anything if anything big happens and we don't have a podcast for like another couple of weeks we'll definitely jump on instagram live and, and talk about it and take questions about it there so definitely make it a point to uh follow us on there and and you know if you want to set a no- little notification so you know when we uh, post something or or go live uh do that yeah, it's at Halo underscore Haven. So, I mean, that's going to wrap it up for us today. Nothing else much to say. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks to our sponsors and all the listeners and, and the listeners, too, or the viewers on Instagram Live today who sent in some awesome questions as well. So um, that's going to do it for us. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace out. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.